What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bobcast, Kevcast, episode 156, back in the Lulu Lounge. Uh, we had so much fun last week that we decided to do it again. Um, this time, I'm actually, I remembered to hit record. Uh, last time, last time I, didn't, I didn't have anything recording for like 20 minutes, right? And I'm just like, yeah. So Facebook now, since the last time we recorded this, has completely changed. Does it look different on yours, too? Yeah. Yeah, very bizarre. So, I mean, regardless of the fact that Facebook stole all my information and sent it out to <laughs> Ivan Drago in Russia, we're still doing Facebook. I still haven't quit Facebook because will, of that. I will right? break him. I will break him. I'm very excited about <laughs> the Creed sequels. I mean, nice. <laughs> he's only got like a couple of lines, right? That's that's the yeah. He doesn't of, talk like, much. Thing, I mean, right? he's, like, a, he's not a man. He's a machine, right? He so. is a machine. I mean, like to me as a kid, he was the ultimate evil. Mm-hmm. I had a Facebook post a couple, I, I guess it was like what, um, sometime last year, I was like, I haven't paid this much attention to Russia since Rocky IV. And it's the truth, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, so that. many people are just, like, consumed with it. But, like, I mean, how many people out there really think that uh, you we're not working, Trump isn't working with them? They're all working together, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Kim, Kim Jong-un, like, all of a sudden is like, let's ride the bullet train down to China and make peace, right? Like, Kim Jong-un. What's up with that? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know, and then, man. like, all of a sudden, now we're going to be, like, making peace with, uh, like, Trump's, like, I'm looking forward to the meeting. I'm just like, oh, my God, dude. What's up, Merck? How you doing, man? Ava, how are you? Um, so we're going to talk about lots of different things. Um, oh, I should probably turn off. That's my uh, text message thing. Let me turn oh. it off real quick, you know. Hey, live television, it happens, you know. Yeah. It happens. This is what happens inside. Oh, it was TJ. He must not, not know. <laughs> TJ's like, hey, I think you're inside my phone. So how was your week? Good. Good man. It's it feels like it's been a month. Working in sales is yeah. uh, definitely talk takes to me a toll. about it. Yeah, no, it just it's a it's a it's a roller coaster for sure. It takes it takes a toll on you mentally. Uh, working in sales, but it's fun and it's uh, and it's terrifying all at the same time. It's like a roller coaster that you love to hate, and mm-hmm. you're like I just want to keep going on it. You know? Yeah, and I love roller coasters. I can imagine. Kristen, Casey, you guys ever have any experience in sales? It's a roller coaster. It goes up. It goes down. Oh yeah, but when it, when it, when you're up, you're like yeah. That you're when you're making sales, you're like I'm the best salesman in the world, yeah. and you, you can mm-hmm. never fail. And then when you go into a slump, it happens, and then uh, and then you you make a sale and you come out of the slump, and you're like mm-hmm. this is the easiest job in the world. You know, so it's 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 like that in that regard. But you just got to keep plugging along, and and uh, you know. Uh, the next person to say no just gets you closer to the next person to say yes. So when you're making sales, does yeah. the sale like do you have like the same amount of excitement when you make a sale as when you make like a full house like in Texas Hold'em? <laughs> is it is the amount of adrenaline no. <clears throat> comparable? The co- no, the comparison is when you when you have the stone nuts and someone pays you off. Okay. Yeah. So I was watching The Wolf of Wall Street. I hadn't seen it in a while, like two nights oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, like as a salesman, I mean that's yeah. got to be the ultimate pinnacle of like you watch that and you're just like, oh man, like they did well, it right. <clears throat> well, look, that that I mean, yes, they they did it mm-hmm. right in the sense that they had a very well scripted pitch from A to Z, right? Yeah. Um, but that that I mean that movie really highlighted a lot of the debauchery that goes on with salespeople, and there, you know, the, in, is in, there a lot of debauchery at the company you're at right now? <laughs> no, but listen, there's there <laughs> there is all different kinds of savages 
out there that are in sales. Uh, uh-huh. And there are definitely some people uh, who are very straightforward. They just have a way to be able to talk to people. And then uh-huh. there's that, you know, of course, there's the that one sleazy person that gives every other salesperson a bad name, right? Yeah. So, and, and it's true in any kind of industry. There's there's always that one, right, bad apple that poisons the rest of the bunch is the saying, right? And, mm-hmm. and and it's true in sales as well because um, I've encountered some really great salespeople that, you know, they're just, you can just tell that they're good at their job, but at the same time, you, you like you want to purchase something from them because you like them, you know, and it just, it makes mm-hmm. it that much easier. You know? All right. Well, let's pretend real quick. Pitch me. Okay. <laughs> pitch pitch me real quick. Well, pitching what's, what, what's pitching, it? My, pitching my product or pitching my Lulu row? What's what? Yeah. Pitch me to Lulu. <laughs> pitch okay. to Lulu. Say for instance, I, like, I, uh-huh. I don't know where I'm at. I have no clue about this product. Yeah. What's the best way? Cause in the Wolf of Wall Street, he's like, Hey, sell me this pen. Yeah. And he's like, I can't right now. I'm eating a sandwich. And the other yeah. guy's like, you want me to sell you this pen? Huh? Yeah, you like, want me to sell you this pen? He's like, what's your name and number down that paper? Huh? Yeah. I can wait to supply and demand. Where's my ketchup? <laughs> Where's the ketchup? <laughs> I do love that movie though. I mean, it's pretty good. One I, of my I, favorite I mean, scenes is that is, uh, you know, uh, two, two of them. One where, um, uh, Leo, uh, calls in and he, and he calls Jonah Hill and he tells him that the FBI is coming or something yeah, yeah. and then he has to get out of the house and yeah. he, he's like falling down the stairs trying to get mm. in his car and, and then the other one it's so much fun to film that scene oh yeah like, I, I, mean, I like, pissed myself laughing in the but he legit looks like he's completely tortured out of his mind they must, oh, have, yeah. get, they must have given him something like his, con- his eyes are like not matching you know yeah. and like I, I just, I mean, that is a funny part, though. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene. And then he thinks he got home safely. Yeah, and he wrecks and he wrecks the <laughs> shit out of everything. But I love the other one, too, when uh, <laughs> Jonah Hill's like, my friend, my friend Steve. Steve Madden. Steve Madden. Yeah. <laughs> Women's shoes. Yeah, and it was true, though. And I mean, Leo's like, just yeah. busting his ass laughing at him. I know. There's a couple parts in the film where you can actually <clears> see <throat> Leo just trying not to break. He's just like, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what are the people saying about sales? What are they talking about out there? They're talking uh, about, I know I Merck, know, I Merck works with Ikea. Right. What's up, Ev? We got uh, Evan Marchman all the way from Germany. How you doing, bro? Uh, telemarketing, I saw. I saw somebody selling product in Florida. Oh, man, selling things. Like, what if we lived in the culture where we didn't necessarily have to sell things to each other, right? Like, it was just like, okay, let's barter or let's trade. Wait a minute, that was the Native Americans and we blew that <laughs> shot, okay? We have no chance of going back then and there you know what i mean and i just you know i'm sad about that no i What's mean up, Cheryl? you know telemarketing is a whole different animal of sales too well telemarketing is marketing but um sales over the phone is a whole different animal too because you you essentially have to you know infiltrate uh in and get your pitch off get within a matter of seconds to get someone intrigued you know uh, you know, pitching someone over the phone is way harder. I, it's I, hard. I, I mm-hmm. like in-person sales. That's just me. It's just my yeah. personality. Uh, sometimes I walk in and I'm like, this is going to be done purely <laughs> on the fact that yeah. I'm a likable guy. Yeah. Uh, other than that, mm-hmm. I might not sell this, right? And and sometimes it's, that's just how it is. Other times mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's all product and they can go, I fucking hate this guy, yeah. which doesn't really happen often. But someone could go, yeah, I don't really like this guy, but I really need this product, so I'm going to mm-hmm. buy it. You know, I don't like the cut um, of his jib. I don't like the cut of his that jib. Happens to me a lot. People don't like the cut of my jib just because of the way I look, and it's like, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's prejudging, right? Prejudging. I, I went into a sale on Saturday, and uh, you know, obviously, you can see I have I'm fully sleeved on both arms, but sleeved. You know, I wear, you know, I wear a long sleeve shirt when I work, right? Because you never know who you're going to be in front of. And I'm standing in front of this uh, uh, older couple, and they're telling me about their business, and um, you know, where they have a daycare that they run. Yeah, and uh, and they're telling me that this woman came in an interview with them, and she had a tattoo on her arm, and it was showing, and she had a V-neck shirt on, and I'm like, oh 
oh wow really like she didn't cover her tattoos and like yeah you know some people it just they just go too far with the tattoos and they go all over the place and i'm just standing there smiling and, you have and nodding oh yeah, yeah you know I'm and you're covered saw. right yeah exactly how did that because make you feel when that was going on i felt fine because i was it was it was just ironic because i was in the same exact scenario that they were talking they were judging somebody it's like yeah. yeah that's why i wear what i wear when i work because it's a professional atmosphere and I am representing myself, but I'm also representing the company that I work for. And mm -hmm. there are people that do judge based on the fact that people have tattoos or piercings. So why? You know, it, it's just the society that we're in. Like I think more so the younger generation coming up behind us is probably more accepting of that. But there's yeah, a that whole generation not, yeah. that it's beyond us totally, that yeah. still doesn't get it. You know, they may say they tolerate it to some degree, but I'm being invited yeah. into someone's house to sell them product, and you know, I'm on their turf. So I, I, I just. You, you just know, go I'm, with I'm very it. conservative and play that, by the rules. That's the stuff that's wrong, though, with, like, our culture. and it, I mean, like, your your tattoos are artistic expression of who you are. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, it is who you are. Like, yeah. you know, like, and I just feel as if, I remember when I first started working for Starbucks years and years and years ago. Hey, Lily. Um, <laughs> I, I remember, like, um, the guys and the girls who had tattoos had to wear, like, these black armbands to cover yeah. up. So we had, like, all these, like, black armbands on short yep. sleeves and yep. I'm just like what yeah. you know and then I see uh, my old boss Sally is uh here watching um I worked at Nordstrom and I don't think they had that policy there Nordstrom's coffee bar was like look come as you are mm -hmm. let your freak flag fly high <laughs> you know what I mean and yeah. I kind of dug that but it's just like any place that you go where you can't be who you think you are are you wasting your time there you know like it's just like I I, I just feel like very strongly about that like I feel that you should be able to express who you want to be, who you thought you are, you know what I mean? Like every version of it. And it's just the same thing. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be um, socially profiled. I can't imagine like, you know, just like like the race racial tension in the country right now with, um, I mean, like I was very upset to hear about, you know, these, this guy getting off about, um, they shot this, this dude down, I don't even know the state, but I've watched the video and I'm just like, I'm tired of it. Every day on, on the news I hear about that stuff and it's just like, gee, like, What's going to happen when, like, you know, the aliens show up or Jesus and everyone's like, oh, my God, we got to work together. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? Maybe you guys have some ideas out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some companies like, yeah, Merck yes, said, Merck, you know, yeah. based on values. And I get it. There, there was um, uh, the, the company that I worked for before the one or two companies ago that I worked for. Um, they changed their policy on um, uh, tattoos being shown in the mm -hmm. workplace. Um uh, about a year before I left, and I and I got comfortable enough because I had been there at mm -hmm. that job for, you know, twelve years up to that point, and then I you know read that hey can they changed their policy because it's like you know listen I consciously made a decision that I'm gonna have tattoos right but yeah. I put them in places that I could cover if I needed to yeah and that's just you know I, is I don't, there any tattoo that you can't cover right now no right I, all that can be covered yep so when you no, were having I, that but that, I don't have any mm -hmm. I don't have any um. Uh, animosity towards any company that I would work for to say I need to yeah, be who yeah, I am, yeah. and it's just because these were these are the rules in place. Even though I made a conscious decision that I want to have wearable art, right? Mm -hmm. I can't expect everybody else to just fall in line and say, "Hey, you know what? You're right, Kevin. We'll we'll that's accept true, you yeah. for who you we'll are." Just do it, yeah. I would love people to. I mean, if people can't accept me for who I am, that's that's their loss, right? That's they lose loss. out on my awesomeness. But yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, that's not to say that people do pre prejudge based on what they see, right? Mm -hmm. So if you saw me in the middle of the summer at home cutting my grass right out in the burbs here, and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm fully tattooed. 
you might think one thing, but then the next day I go to work and I'm wearing, you know, long sleeve shirt and a nice collar and you might think something else. And it's, people do that. They prejudge you on what type of clothes that you wear. I mean, and that's, to me, that it doesn't bother me. It used to bother me when we were younger mm-hmm. and I would go into a store and people would look at me like, oh, he's, he's going he's gonna to rob, it, rob mm-hmm. us, right? And there was probably that thought in my mind where I was trying to rob them, right? But, you know, I, I'd look at that part, right? And mm-hmm. I had that, so... I don't know. I've, I guess I, the older I've gotten, the less jaded I am in that regard that, like, it's just part of our society. You know, know. And, it, and like I said, it is changing because of the, 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 the generation coming behind us where they're more accepting of people having piercings and tattoos. But there's still a lot of people who are older than us that just don't get it. And they're they're frightened and confused by the things, the choices that we make, you know. Um, so well, I think that we should I, we, I mean, like a we should start teaching kids at an early age about acceptance and like, you know, mm-hmm. inclusion and stuff oh, like absolutely. that. I think that uh, Merck just, can you scroll what Merck just said something about um, Ikea? I think it says that they- Benefits for gender reassignment surgery. Yep. They pay for it. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah. You know, that's great. I mean, like, why? <laughs> Come as you are. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a 90s thing, like when we grew up, but I mean, like, I just feel like in general that we should be able to just be who we are and not like- go outside and like worry about it i mean like i, I mean i get the look sometimes you know what i mean mm-hmm. i tend to dress um we got long hair i got long hair know. but I, I wear like i'll wear like pink and like i'll wear you know what i mean like yeah. I'll, I'll like push the boundaries and like you know I'll, what I'll i mean like pink every day honestly though like it, it's a certain thing like yeah if somebody watches and like oh we're not gonna hire that guy he wear mm-hmm. you know what i mean or he's got tattoos mm-hmm. like well shame on you you only got one life to live right mm-hmm. speaking of which i mean like one of the things that's done an excellent job this week, which completely blew me away. Um, I knew it was coming on television and, um, you know, I, I didn't expect much because I guess I had forgotten the power of Roseanne. Um, you watched it, right? Yes, I mean, I did. So, my- like, talk about, like, a show. Like, they tackled so many subject matters. Oh, my God. It was... It if was- anybody out there, by the way, who wants to chime in about Roseanne, I believe that you can send me a request to come up on the show. Yeah. So if you look at the bottom right there, it's a camera icon, I believe. Call us up if you want to talk about Roseanne, because we're going to talk about it for a bit. I mean, like, look, I, my wife's like, Roseanne starting, Roseanne starting. I'm like, all right, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. <laughs> yeah. I'll be right there. And then I got there, and then like 15 minutes in, I'm just like, oh my god, dude, yeah. they're nailing out of the park. Aunt yeah. Jackie, yeah, loved Aunt Jackie, yeah. man. When she opened the door, nasty woman in right. pink, and uh, she had the it, pussy it, hat on. Yeah, it's great. It's great, man. It awesome. just made me feel so good again. <clears throat> um, so I. I I mean, I watched the show, you know, back in, um, started in the 80s, right? 80s and 90s it was on. And I did watch it here and there. I did not, I I admit, I was not a religious watcher of the show, although I did watch and I did enjoy it when it was Mm -hmm. on, and I have watched it here and there in syndication. My wife was a huge fan. She was super excited when it came back on, or that it was coming back on. And uh, you and I were briefly talking before it started. I I was thinking about how other shows that we grew up on that ended – if they really ended in a way that, like, all right, it's done, it's over, or if they would ever come back uh, to, you know, uh, current day, how they would tackle all this advancement in technology that we've had or all these social issues that yeah. we've had since the show's and do it the right. air and do, and do a good job of it. And, I, and you're right, I think they did such an excellent job with... You know, uh, uh, tackling the uh, the election with um, uh, the election stuff was brilliant. Oh yeah, and it was so good to have a dialogue between op- oppositional sides mm-hmm. in a way that was comical, but also too it was very like you know, mm-hmm. I mean like 
I really think that, you know, being able to see both points of view is very important in yes. any situation, even what we just previously talked about, about yeah. accepting people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the conversation about, like, uh, why did you even vote for him? And Rosanne's yeah. like, w w we almost lost our house. Yeah. Right. We needed jobs. And, like, yeah. look, I mean, that is a legitimate thing. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the fact that Facebook stole the election, but we're still using Facebook Live. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> but, like, I love that that thing. And I, I, I love, like, all the characters. Like, Darlene, like, I didn't expect her to have such a great arc, you know? Well, I mean, it's just, I like the way, I love the when shows. Thank you, Haywood. Shows almost break down that fourth wall in a way too, where they like can can have enough. I mean, because it's a comedy at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like they definitely had some serious moments throughout they did. throughout the history of the show, and they they even had a few serious moments when they came back in the two episodes. But, totally, yeah. You know, for the most part, I mean, it is a comedy, right? So it's I always love it when shows can kind of poke fun at themselves and and just break down that fourth wall to say, you know, like we realize there's a lot of tongue in cheek stuff going on here, yeah. and they, and it wasn't. They addressed the election, but it wasn't so like abrasive that it turned me off. Like mm -hmm. because you know Roseanne was a you know huge Trump supporter, right? And, and the, you knew it was going to come up, but it was like, yeah. how do they do it in a way where it doesn't turn off the audience? Turn off the audience, you know, yeah. like for people that loved mm -hmm. the show before, right? Um, and just and just the fact that uh, you know they deal with you know uh, Darlene's son Mark, who you know uh, is just being who he is, dressing how mm -hmm. he wants to dress has no issue with it and he's like yeah this is just who I am like I like wearing these clothes right yeah. kind of what we're talking about yeah and then you got Dan like well you know listen the reality is people aren't accepting that stuff and try and and I think that and you could probably talk to this uh, about this more than I can because I'm not a parent yet but I'm sure that it's more of a what are you doing? What are you flipping shit? What are you flipping shit around? All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought that it, um, I, had, I thought I saw somebody trying to come up. But it just goes to the it just goes to show too like the struggle of um, being a parent or uh, being a grandparent and wanting to protect your kids from um, from people judging them, you know, and and I, I don't think it was for me. This is my interpretation. I don't think it was Dan saying that he was a bigot or that he had a problem with Mark maybe being gay. They weren't really sure because he was yeah. nine years old, right? Like he doesn't he just know. doesn't know how to. He deal doesn't with like it. girls. Yeah. He just he just is mm -hmm. who he is. So Darlene's like, I'm just letting him be, and I don't think it was Dan saying. That you know he has a problem with that. I think it was Dan saying like, "Hey, there are people that are going to judge you, beat and kids are going to mm -hmm. beat you up, and I'm afraid for you, and I don't know how to protect you, right?" Yeah. So, like I said, mm -hmm. you probably can talk to that more of like having that fear of like Tyler yeah. getting older and going to school and interacting with mm -hmm. other kids, and like, oh, and and I thought Darlene's, uh, you know, from her approach, handled it really well. She's like, "Yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, you're weird." Yeah, and and it's we're okay. all weird, right? We're right? all weird, you know, and like, like you know what, kids will eventually realize that like, hey, weird is cool, right? And it'll just get to that point, but it's going to be a I journey so, to get man. there. I teach the kids that I work with that all the time. I mean, it's like <clears throat> you have to teach accept acceptance without a doubt, you mm -hmm. know. And like, that was great though because it was like I liked how Dan was like, he just wasn't comfortable, but yeah. you could still see within the character he was portraying that mm -hmm. he deeply cared about his grandson. Oh yeah, and, and like the scene where like he's going to school mm -hmm. and he doesn't say goodbye to Dan, and Dan's like, hey, hey. Yeah. And it gives him a hug. I, right. I, 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 I choked up. I was just like, oh, man, they're really getting it right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it, it blew me away that Roseanne, and also, too, like, think about this, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that Roseanne is tackling subject matters in today's world 
where when I was a teenager, when we were teenagers, she was public enemy number one. Uh, she sang the national anthem. Oh, yeah, spit, yeah, yeah. Grabbed her crotch. Yeah, yeah. And it was like people were in a wild storm about it. They were so yeah. upset. They're like, how could she possibly do this? How could she marry in the country. Tom Hart? You know yeah. what I mean? Like these people. And like now she's like viewed by, I think it was 18, 19 million people watched the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on Good Morning America the day after, right? And yeah. uh, they called her up and uh, she told a story how... She's like, yeah, the president of the United States called me last night to congratulate me. <laughs> and they were like, so what did you, what did you talk about? And like, um, <laughs> I think uh, I think she said, well, it was a private conversation. What's my brother saying there? Sammy. Up, Sam? Both conservative and liberal media is guilty of manipulation. Got to stay in the center and not be fed bullshit from both sides. In my, in my, is my two cents. I love your two cents, Sammy. You can give 10 cents, kid. I don't give a shit. You're... you're <sighs> You know what I mean? You 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 throw twenty cents in there. Twenty cents. Come on the show. He's in. Ca- yeah, I don't. I think he's at work right now. If you can add me on the the camera thing there. Right, because you're. We'll get to. We'll get to. The, we'll three I'll hours there behind in a us. He's three hours behind us. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I mean, today's weather is like what their weather in Los Angeles is like every day of the year. So it's just you know what I mean. Like today was today was a great day, by the way. Yeah. It started um, off pretty crappy, but it ended up. It got good. it got nice, but I mean, as far as where Zan goes. I mean, like what I was saying, like, you know, she was she was public enemy number one. And, mm-hmm. and like if you compare Roseanne's antics of yesterday to today's current news cycle, mm-hmm. it's pretty tame in comparison. I mean, like that's the most, you know what I mean? Like, for instance, I mean, at the beginning of the week, one of the things that um, I want to talk about is this whole Stormy McDaniels thing. And it's like, OK, so the entire country is now learning that the president of the United States had an affair with a porn star. When did it all go wrong where this is like what the news cycle is? You know what I mean? And like Mm -hmm. this is what people are talking about. You know when it went wrong? I'll tell you when it went wrong. Around 6.30 at night when you're trying to watch the evening news with your family and a commercial for Viagra or something like that popped up. I remember like thinking to myself like, what was it, five, seven years ago? I I sat there and thinking, why are they showing this now? I lost a viewer. He or she may take Viagra. I don't know. Well, we went on. We went to ten. And, and That's okay. But listen, the thing is, is like we should. Like, uh, I'm not saying that. Like, you know, the kids are awake. You know what I mean? And like, kids are watching. Like, and kids are smart today. They have lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Questions about the president of the United States with Stormy McDaniel's. Guarantee you, a kid who's probably even nine or twelve, who's inquisitive enough, will Google Stormy McDaniel's. That is the current climate that we're in. And I, all I think I can say is just shame on you. Shame on you. Like, shame on the American shame. public and the news cycle for for making, like, the news, like, you know, like, um, a sexualized piece of, like, just, like, trash that you normally would find at the grocery store. It's everywhere. And always, and, like, for, like, every time that news ends, there's always an uplifting story for the mm-hmm. last five minutes. Watch and it's just, like, I mean, I remember years ago hearing there was something called good news or yeah. something. It's is at there, the very end. They, yeah, they want you to... You know, to, is there a tel- television just good news the whole no, time? No, no, no. You've kind of talked about this before, too. I don't I don't know. But, I mean... I'm worked it's, up. It's... it's <clears throat> Thanks, Kelly. It's really always been this way. I, it has gotten worse. Yeah. But, you know, it's... it's To, to go back to what, we were, what I was talking about before was, uh, you know, with salespeople getting a bad rap, I think... If anything, uh, the media is much more of a whorish group yeah. than you know salespeople are. You know because they're they're in your face constantly. And go, yeah, we need this moment to show other people like 
Mm-hmm. You know, someone's house just burnt down. Let me stick a microphone in your mm-hmm. face and ask you. How, some how do you dumb feel? How questions. do you just lost yeah. everything? Yeah, like your house is gone. You're in a state family. of devastation, yeah. and your your adrenaline's going, and you're in a mm-hmm. state of shock. And then someone's asking you dumbass questions about yeah. what just happened to you because and it's ratings, it's money. But it's... hey, w- America needs to know. America has the right to know. It's mm-hmm. like, mm, well, they do to some degree. Do right? they? Uh, well, an endless right. news cycle of like basically, <coughs> basically, you know what drives me nuts, Kev? The audio. Okay, not many people will maybe like next time you watch the news and and you know God forbid there is a tragedy coming, but you know unspeakably it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The news, the people who do audio, and I do lots of audio with the podcast, uh, pocket dial music stuff like that. So I manipulate sounds quite a bit. They take sound bites and they put it into this like um, like this like re- it's like a loop of screaming, gunshot, and like just the terror and like just pressuring you to stay home and to be scared and and to like fear for your life and buy this product don't go nowhere i went to the camden aquarium today with my son it rocked up top hey you, know, you know who told me to do that my wife yeah there you not go. the news there you, go. <laughs> you know what i mean but like what up t um basically i just i just feel like really strongly about the fact that i mean we're so we're influenced by it. We're influenced by pop culture. We're influenced by the news cycle. Mm-hmm. There really is nothing we can do to escape it, really. Mm-hmm. And we were talking last week about this, about, like, the whole, like, um, turn-off time. Like, 7.30 to 8.30, turn off your phones. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that now because you're watching us here on Facebook. <laughs> Props to Ivan Drago and the Russian <laughs> Facebook connection. I can't wait for Creed 2. I wonder if, like, Trump and, like, uh, Putin are, like, producing Creed 2. <laughs> Because it makes be, sense, right? It's perfect timing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. First off, I love Rocky, okay? I, I, Rocky is such a... Do you, how do you, I've never seen you wear a Rocky shirt or anything like that. You were pop nah, culture. No, I mean... It never hit with you? Nah, because it's... Because you were from down was, Philly, right? No, no, no. <laughs> it's the sports thing. Like, I just... I okay. mean, look, there are some sports movies that I do like, but just for the for the most part, I'm not like a... Yeah. I'm not a sports guy. Like, I like MMA, mm. and I will watch baseball live, but... To that extent, that's that's about it. Yeah. You know, like I did watch mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, right? You know, I'm mm-hmm. not that much of a freak, even though I am a pretty big weirdo. Uh, it's okay. But let it fly. But I, uh, I, I, so to sports movies in that vein, really never. Like I never uh, watched like uh, Friday Night Lights or like any football thing like that, that or like you know, uh, even though it's comedy, I never watched Semi Pro, right? Because it's basketball. So I who's that? Is that Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell. Yeah. I never saw that one. Right. There was like a chunk of movies that he did <clears throat> were just really, really weird, right? Like they yeah. were like. Uh, Semi pro, and there's another one in there. It's like I just actually saw the house. It's terrible. The house? Yeah, it's about them. They start like their own like uh, casino. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. It, it has mm-hmm. like it, it seems like like they just weren't really all awake when they were filming this thing. It's yeah. just really odd. But like they just did it for a paycheck. They did it for a paycheck, but the jokes kind of fall flat. But I mean, what I was saying about Rocky though is that I mean, yeah. So yeah, so so yeah. to your point, I don't I don't really have. Have I you mean, seen the Rocky films? Have yeah, it's iconic. Before? I mean, okay. yeah, okay. I, I, yeah. I mean, I've watched oh, yeah. them. You know, like I I, I was a kid. So, so here Philly, we go. But... Daryl Dixon or Rocky Balboa? <coughs> what? Daryl Dixon? Yeah. Or Rocky Balboa? Who are you going to choose? Daryl Dixon. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 how we. Because I'm just, more of a Walking Dead fan than, I, than I'm Rocky. a Walking Dead fan. Yeah. Okay, but I'm like closet. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> not so sure. Rocky. I'm not so sure anymore about that. No, for Rocky, I, I I will I will I will weep when Rocky said some of the films. Sylvester Stallone. Certain, Stallone certain, goes. certain parts of the film, it just like it's like pulls the heartstrings because it's like I grew up on it. You know what I mean? Like it felt real to uh-huh. like a four year old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And also, too, it, the greatest thing about Rocky, though, for me, was, like, the first one, he loses. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, saying to my dad, like, 
He's he he lost. <laughs> yeah. What type of movie is this, right. Dad? And he's like, well, son, that's the way it is. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you lose. And it's yeah. like I can't remember a film in recent years that has ended poorly for the main like protagonist. Can you? Drag Me to Hell is the one that always oh, pops yeah, that back is, in my yeah. head. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. not that great of a movie. I was I was trying to rewatch it again the other day. Uh, there was nothing on. I Who was said like, oh, that about Rocky? It says, I grew up on Rocky, never saw Star Wars, was, but I know every... Who was that? Uh, Kelly. Kelly Ewing. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, Sammy. I got to talk to you, brother. Bring back the zombies. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I mean, because it's Rocky's... Rocky's the, you know... It's just the classic, you know... I mean, I'm not saying anything profound here, but it's mm-hmm. the classic underdog story, right? People want to root for the hardworking guy that like puts in effort and puts in work, right, to 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 achieve a, a goal, right, and then you know loses, but yeah. then has a comeback. You know, like America loves a comeback story. Like, look how many people have like they just do fallen the off the rails they do, we, completely, we talk, yeah. right? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was a hot fucking mess, yeah, oh, right? Big mess, and now he's fucking big Iron mess. Man. Oh, you know what I mean? For like a little, a little bit, though. I don't. Think well, he's, I don't think he's going to survive this next film. Uh, I mean, he's still pretty on top. I mean, just but just in regards 50, to his 50. just in regards to his career, though. Okay, like, yeah. he, he was completely done. Oh like, yeah, remember the, the pictures of him like when he came out of Palm Springs and he had the eyes. Yeah, and like we busted him again. Right. I always uh, thought that you know, but that that's a great comeback story. Yeah, he Britney came Spears. back. Nobody won him for Iron Man. Britney, I mean, shaving her head. I mean, yeah. God, she was off. She was off the. It's true, know, Nicole. The rails and. And she came back, and uh, you know she just finished up a tour in uh, Vegas. That's apparently like, the new thing to do that too is a with, new uh, thing. with artists is to do like that a, makes sense. A you don't have to travel no more, right? Just stay in one spot. I heard the Foo Fighters might do it, which would be odd because it's, I think Blink One Eight Two is doing it. They should. You know what I mean? Like think about it. I Why mean, not? you don't have to go nowhere. Yeah. You got a hotel suite. Yeah. You probably got room service. You mm-hmm. got you know, if you're a gambling fiend, <laughs> you can yeah. play poker like all yeah. day long to your. I think Lady Gaga is starting she to do is. it. She's or? starting, I think, uh, actually in January yeah. I think, or something like that. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's yeah. like, I mean, they probably pay a boatload of money, whereas the artist goes out and, like, you know, touring in general, it's just, it's not feasible for them no more. If you're going to go to Vegas, you're prepared to spend $100 for a ticket. I was going to buy a ticket to Greta Van Fleet at the electric factory, and I'm still not sure if I'm going to buy it. It's like 113 bucks, dude. I'm just yeah. like, they got two EPs. Yeah. See, I'm okay with with artists doing that, like in Vegas, if if it if there's realness to it. Like I'm, I mean, I get it. The whole it's the whole lore of Vegas where oh, you gotta oh, have, we gotta see if we can get him. keep talking. You gotta put on the whole show and like have the theatrics and all that stuff, right? But at the same time, it's like I don't I don't want like a lip synced video phone in of a show. It's true. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of Britney stuff was like she played. Um, I think her last show that she did that was aired was on the iHeartRadio Awards recently. And you could tell it was just completely phoned in. Like she um, uh, was lip syncing the rest of it. It was all all theatrics, and you could just tell. Like, I, I mean, at least when I, for me watching it, it yeah. looked like she's just phoning this whole performance in. Like this is her last show of this run of however long she's been doing this. Yeah. And then she's done, and it's just like I'm toxic, and you're just like going through the motions. You're like, yeah, this is just shit. So to that in that regard, I would I would be pissed if I bought a ticket and I was sitting in the audience there, right? But you have other acts like Blink One Eight Two. I would imagine they would actually play. Yeah, but you ain't got the spaceman in the band, huh? The spaceman's not in the band. What's his name? They kicked out the lead singer. What's the lead singer's name? 
No, I, I saw a picture with all of them. It was uh, no, it no. Was... That dude looks like him. Shut up! Really, it's not. I Mark... swear, somebody might out there in the Facebook land who knows about it was Tom, Mark, and F- Travis. Blink One Eighty Two right? and the Russia connection to Ivan Drago. Tell, <laughs> tell us actually if um, if uh, Blink One Eighty Two's lead singer. I know for a fact. I can't, I'm having a dad brain moment. Right, but I Eric. know. I know that um, the the former lead singer of Blink One Eighty Two has now become like the world's most renowned like alien conspiracy. Theorist. Okay, but he's um, still in the band. The Wong. Right? No, he's out of the band. Tom DeLong is not in there. They kicked him out. There's I another guy who looks saw... just like him. Then he if, looks just then if like they got a doppelganger, kind of looks like Pete Stevenson. Pete, are you out there? If they got a doppelganger to replace him, then that's fucking creepy. Because I Peace saw a Eric, picture. Love you too, bro. I saw a picture of them saying that Blink One Eight Two was going to Vegas, and it looked just like him. He looks just like him. That's the creepy. Same thing. As shit. I, I, today I came in here and I brought you the new Stone Temple Pilots. Okay, good segue. Yeah. Okay, good segue. Good segue. Good segue. Let's Perfect. How do you feel? I about <clears throat> Stone Temple Pilots. It's Mark Hope. What does he say? Yeah. They have a new guitar player. They, but isn't the new guitar player also singing, George? But George, is it just an added guitar player? So there's four guys in Blink-182. It's not just the three guys. The, is that is that right? Uh, I'm not sure. But he'll, he'll chime in. But look, There's a delay. STP. <laughs> new album came out last Friday. The album's title is... Madalena. Yeah. It's him, yeah. But regardless, I am right about the aliens. Um, <laughs> and that may be. That may be. I, I agree with you. Stone Temple Pilots released a new album last Friday. Uh, the title of the album is Stone Temple Pilots, and I do believe that their last album with Wyatt or with Wyland was called Stone Temple Pilots as well. Was it self-titled? Yeah, the last one where it had Hickory um, Dichotomy on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was that. But I mean, like when I listened to the album. The first thing I thought was like, oh, I got to burn this for Kev because I got <laughs> I want to hear your opinion next yeah. week or whenever we podcast again about the, the sonic frequencies when you're listening to the album. It's like they brought Scott back from the dead. This guy's he has the same type of like harmony and I don't know. How do you feel about it? Uh, I've I've only heard samples uh, so far. I haven't heard the new album. I will listen to it. I will try to keep an open mind. However, I'm gonna be blunt. I, yeah, be blunt. I, I am not digging it at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Scott Weiland was such an integral part of what Stone Temple Pilots was. You know, you got the DeLeo brothers, you know, Eric Crutz on drums, and they were, I mean, phenomenal musicians. They put together uh, these different harmonies that were just amazing. And then you get Scott Weiland coming in behind them, just taking this music that sounded one way and putting, vocal, like mm-hmm. and putting a vocal track to it that sounded a completely different way, but those two things together made yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. It really did. And I agree with that 100%. Hands down, um, I think melodically he's one of my favorite vocalists because I, he's just one of those guys that he could sing the phone book or sing the alphabet, and I would and I would like watch that video. You know, did you ever see that? They ever see the. Um, um, there's a video with um, you know uh, Harold Potter doing the uh, uh, rap where he yep. goes A to Z on Jimmy mm-hmm. Fallon, but so like I, I'm like something like that, like I could see Scott Wiling doing that, and I would totally watch that and and buy into that. Scott, so man. to me, that it, it needs to be something else. Like it, it, I know they ventured off when Scott was still alive and he was out of the band. And they called themselves Talk Show, Talk right? Show, one album in like early thousands, I think it was. Do that. Do do a, do a different do band, that. and I feel like at this point in their career, they're like, we still need to capitalize as much as we can at this point on the name because it is a name and people know it. Um, let's let's you know bring somebody in that sounds like him and do something like that. To me, I don't it, know how I feel about that. I mean, Blind I, I Melon, Blind Melon's doing that right now. Blind Melon yeah. doesn't have Shannon Hoon. Apparently, they don't have the bass player, but they're coming here to the TLA soon. And I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, see, the weird thing is, is like what. 
these bands are doing, you can't do in other forms of media. Like, I think it was just last week that I was talking about um, uh, Back to the Future 2 um, doesn't have um, George McFly. The actor who played George McFly mm-hmm. is not in Back to the Future 2. Crisp, Crispin Glover. Crispin yeah. um, then won a lawsuit which prohibits mm-hmm. that from happening in future film. Yep. You can't have somebody that looks and sounds like you appear as film. the character you portrayed. And yep. I, I, th- I think that actually Crispin gets um, WGA... Um, like he gets like uh, the residuals still, for he gets it for, for Back, Back to the Future, Future Two now. Yeah, because in Back to the Future Three, um, they're not. Well, just, they didn't even talk yeah, about. They that. don't even talk about. Yeah, that. yeah. But there is a, in Back to the Future Three. There's <laughs> Marty's uh, Irish uh, distant cousin. Yeah, got a feeling I had a beer today. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> why are a, you here? It's a fine hot there, Mister. Was Judas say Scott's melodies were always engaging and intriguing? Judas, see if you can yeah. add us on the camera, um, and then we can talk about. Your experience with stentable pilots? Yeah. So my my Interactive. my end all be all is that I'm not I'm not a fan of the idea of them trying to uh, resuscitate what stentable pilots was by basically getting a doppelganger vocalist to kind of take the place of the magic that was stentable pilots. Um, you know, and I know the other bands have done it too. Like Allison Chains brought someone in. Now that so that is my one. I guess, exception to the rule because Jerry Cantrell was such a huge part or is such a huge part of what Allison Chains was and is that, you know, you take Lane Staley out of the picture, you know, uh, because he passed away, but you could add somebody in to kind of back up those vocals too. To me, that that's like, uh, that that's okay. I give them a pass in that regard. You give them a pass? I do give them a pass mm-hmm. because... Jerry Cantrell sang most of the stuff and, you know, created most of what Alice in Chains was. And I get that the Delayer Brothers... very prominent. On, yes, yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. You know, and Trying was, to add some friends right now. Um, but, uh... Jerry, Jerry's voice is, is, is it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's got such great, like, I mean, he's an amazing songwriter. Yeah. But him and Lane, I mean, that's a tragic story too, man. Like, I, yeah. I, I read recently about the last days of, mm-hmm. of Lane, like, it's just terrible, man. Yeah. There's like a zombie sitting in the back of the club. Nobody helped him, you know? And it's just like, what? Yeah. I bet you some people don't know actually how to add. <clears throat> Let's see here. We got something. Oh, here we go. Mm-mm-mm. I guess I have to add people. I don't know. Let's we tried doing that last week live viewers. with me. Oh, I see. I see how it goes. I have to actually invite them. <clears throat> oh. Oh, I see what that? you did there. You see, is there don't something put, happened right now? Don't put metal say? in the science oven. <laughs> All right, there's a bunch of people. Let's see if we get somebody. <laughs> but yeah, I totally, I, I agree with you like 100%, man. It's just such an odd thing, right? When like a band that you really like yeah. decides to just like keep going and like, I mean, Nirvana never did it. Like if Nirvana came out with a new, I mean, like, I guess like, when they had all the um, the female lead singers at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I like it. It was a nice that. way. To, it I'd was a nice way that. to play. You know what I mean? I pay top dollar. It was a nice way to pay tribute to them in that regard for their induction to the to the Hall of Fame. You know, and I get that. You know, uh, in that instance, because you know Kurt is gone, but um, for them to go, yeah, we're going to be Nirvana, and we're going to have you know a chick vocalist lead the band and sing all our songs. And That's true. This is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to be. To me, that that's not. That's not what the band was like. Yeah, definitely, know. it wasn't what the um, band was at all. But I mean, and not yeah. saying that like you know whatever. Uh, it, it just to me, it's like it's like they they you know SCP is is done. 
it's been done. You know, they, they, you know, those guys need to just do a different band and call themselves something else. And I guess they're probably like, hey, we've been in the industry so long, we don't want to have to start over because essentially that's what they would be doing is starting over with a new name. Or, you know, why don't they, uh, you know, try to start a super group? There's been so many different super groups that have like been successful. You know, uh, they should, you know, try to follow suit in that regard. You know, I think I don't know. Um, you know, you got uh, Prophets of Rage, um, I audio, like that song, audio Slave. Uh, living on the 110. You ever yeah, hear that song? Yeah. I mean, you got Audio Slave did it too. And, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, Mad Season, but again, you know, Lane's Daily gone. But, you know, to my point that the Leia Brothers could just start something different, you know, and have it, you know, whatever. This I might be know. interesting right here. This is my friend from uh, Japan. Oh. My friend, how are you? Oh, he was there for a month. <laughs> we had we made a connection. We had Japan. Um, next week, coincidentally, it's um, I think it's the twenty fourth or twenty third anniversary of when Kurt passed away. I hate this. Yeah, week. I, this week always April. sucks. For the first week of April, just yeah. sucks, man. I mean, like, wait, well, he died in ninety four. So mm-hmm. once again, math. Where are you, Kevin Cox? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. So I mean, like, that's it's hard to believe. It's almost twenty five years since he passed away, and it's just like it was the year my sister was born. That's weird. Yeah, that's so weird. What What yep. do you remember We're about old. that day? Uh, well, I remember, um, I remember him being missing, and I I remember missing. So, yeah. So there was this, um, you know, local radio station Y one hundred, right? We used to listen to in WDRE, mm-hmm. and they would play concerts and stuff. And I remember listening to a Pearl Jam show that was being broadcasted live on that station, and uh, and Eddie kind of making a reference to you know uh, Kurt being missing and like just kind of like hey turn up and yeah. then soon after was because it was right around Easter you know yeah it was and it then, was around uh, Easter yeah and then we found out that you know he he had passed away and he had been he had been gone for a few days but no one you know knew what was going on and and they found him and I remember, you remember uh, where you I were? just yeah I, well I remember I was standing uh, I was in my mom's house I got home from school. And uh, and we live. She lived at her house where she still lives now is in Lafayette Hill. Mm-hmm. And I was on the phone. I don't remember who I was talking to, but um, I was on the house phone. There was, this is back when there was house phones. Uh, and we used to pick up the radio transmissions from a local station. I so remember that at your you house. would hear like just random shit. Like I if you were on that. hold, mm-hmm. you would hear a broadcast. And I remember standing there in the kitchen and hearing on hold. And it and I was on oh hold with somebody that said. And it said, you know, body of, of um, Kurt Cobain, lead singer of Nirvana, has been found and uh, found, you know, uh, dead by a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, and then I remember that entire weekend just, like, watching MTV and all this coverage with Kurt Loder and uh, watching the um, uh, Nirvana Unplugged just play over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, and... Wow, uh, Cheryl just said I was the one that told her. You, you told Bob? I think so. I I think I might have told you, Cheryl, the day that he overdosed in Rome, which I think was March 25th of 1994. Yeah, Velvet Revolver, Judah Kim, too. Another great supergroup, you're right. Um, yeah, and that's... If anybody wants to add themselves and tell us the story, <coughs> add. Here, let yeah, me get rid of that one. And, that, and that's where I... Uh, that's, that's what I remember from that weekend. And just kind of like... Um, just disbelief because, you know, it had been such a part of you know, our childhood, right? Growing yeah. like it was the part of us being kids where we had come out of like, you know, d- doing dumb, stupid is. stuff as kids and then uh what's up, yeah, Judah? What's up Judah? Oh, let me turn the volume up there. <laughs> How you doing, man? What's up, buddy? Judah 
Where were you the day that um, Kurt passed away? It'll be 24 years next, uh, what? Yeah. I don't know. Next week. Yeah. I, I, I do remember that day, and I do remember seeing the Kurt Loader broadcast about it. It was just like weird. I didn't know what to, how to feel about that. Yeah, I miss Kurt Loader, man. Yeah. Kurt Loader was like, he must have been like, what, 45, 46 when this was all going on? I don't know. It doesn't he had se- to be. Now it doesn't seem that old to me because I'm closer to that age. Yeah, I know. At the but time, like, yeah, at the time. He was a hard, like, 45, though, I think, at the he time. He had like, to be. He's definitely be in the 70s easily now. He had some mileage on him at 45, for sure. He was great, though. I love the way he delivered the news because it was very, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it was MTV, and I, I, I still remember, like, doom, 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 MTV news with those cool graphics, you know what I mean? And, well, like... Whenever it was Kurt Loader, I was like, oh, right, we're going to get some good stuff. And we're going to find Tabitha Soar, and I was like, eh. say what? Eh. Dude, I love I tweeted at Tabitha not too long ago. <laughs> Did you? Year. Yeah, dude, I was in love with her, man, yeah. Without a doubt. I, I, I always thought that, I mean, MTV News in general was, like, the real thing, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Who else I mean, was there? There was Kurt. There was, um... Well, Matt Pinfield was 120 Pinfield, minutes. Pinfield, yeah. Or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um... Don't forget and, uh, about the Wheeze. Rick, Ricky Rackman did Headbangers Ball. Ricky Rackman, right? yeah. Um... And that was always a that was always a good one. You stay up and like, oh, what what video they're gonna play on Saturday night? Like, what, are they, what video they're gonna premiere? You know? Um, now you can just watch it at any time. Well, yeah, I mean YouTube. You just pull it up. But um, yeah, how much, Judah? How much of our brains do you think are molded and defined by all that music television that we mm-hmm. watched? About ninety percent of it. About 90%, <laughs> right? Like everything we think of. Like we were at band practice last night, and like, I guess yeah. I mean, it's funny. I was actually. Like yeah. the most important or the most significant kind of culture or music that happened. Where, like in your in your um, perspective, uh, I did see something right there about Bridget Fonda. Yeah, Brett, man. <laughs> we'll try to get you next. I want to bring you on the show, Brett. I, I think Brett's like off in the woods somewhere, but I mean, we'll try to connect with him. But <laughs> Judah, I mean, like, all right, let's we'll, we'll just go. Okay, so like, I know you're a big fan. You were a big fan of Catherine Wheel, right? What's that? Catherine Wheel. Remember that band? I love the whole British. Remember, like, the bed? Wasn't there a bit, is like, the bed coming down? Or was that the album cover? There's so many parts of pop culture spread throughout my brain that it's all visualization through the music. And I miss, yeah. I mean, like, bands still put out stuff, but, I mean, what was your favorite music video? Oh, man, so many. Like, the one that, like, it was like, all right, I'm going to have to start Phaser immediately. Like, right now. <laughs> like, I got to start this band. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was yeah. a great video. That super saturated, like, deep color that they had in that mm-hmm. hospital was fucking awesome. And that guitar that he had, that, like, Hernandez Stratocaster. That he still that plays he, today, yeah, with the BJ. He plays it, but he's, he's, I think he actually switched the neck out because I remember being such a geek about it. Oh, wow. Because I was like, I want a big-ass headstock like that on my guitar. <laughs> but, like, the one he's got now doesn't have that. So I think they switched out the neck. I love that basket case video. Yeah. The When I Come Around video is like, wow, they're serious. Yeah. Remember? Like, cause yeah, yeah, I, I rented um, um, Woodstock. Um, was it 90, what, 94? What, Woodstock 94. And I yeah. remember like 
watching that live. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think everybody here uh, is old watching this, but if you had <laughs> never seen the Green Day performance at uh, Woodstock, yeah. I mean, I think that that's what made them because it was just like pure anarchy. Yeah. The end of the set, um, Mike Dirt, he he's, um, I mean, it's chaos because the crowd, it's all muddy and it rained. They're throwing mud on the stage. People are running. It's just total chaos. And all of a sudden, um, the basis of Green Day gets knocked out by a security card. You can see it on YouTube. He lost all of his front teeth. Can you imagine? You just played no. the biggest show of your career yeah. and you lose all your teeth on stage by a security guard? The mud, exactly, uh, yeah. One of mud the in general was... Mud in general, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, was a huge thing in the 90s, too, because it's like, okay, you got Woodstock, right? The mud there. Nine Inch Nails come out that same year completely oh, yeah, covered in mud. Yeah. I remember being completely blown away by yeah. the, the sheer ferocity of that mm -hmm. band. Like, mm -hmm. no regard for their instruments, you yeah. know? And then... Um, just mud in general. I, I, I went to see Nine Inch Nails with David Bowie at the um, Camden Waterfront, which I was just there today. Is now the BB&T Pavilion. Yep. God knows how many names they've had. Yeah. I always thought the BB&T Pavilion was up in central Jersey somewhere, but I, I was wrong. But I went to see Nine Inch Nails that night. I remember it was raining, and like people took full advantage of it. Yeah. You don't see kids doing that today. Like, no. I ain't getting these clothes wet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, yeah, I can't get my torn jeans dirty. Yeah. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One of the ones, the ones that always stood out for me that I always remember was because like, you know videos were like you know, the, you know there's definitely bands that were like yo like like look I'm, I'm you know not a secret that I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan right but they were very much against doing music videos for a long time but they, there were other yeah. bands that were like they were all in it was like a way for them not to just to showcase the song but for you to get a glimpse of like their personality right and you have like these mini movies and one that always stood out for me was Sabotage, the Beastie Boys, oh, right? Oh yeah, man. Because it was Spike just Jones. such like, just so how, how what's a comedic level they took it to and like... They changed the genre of yeah. music videos in yeah, a way yeah. with that. And, yeah, I, I remember the first time I saw it, I was just like, wow. Yeah. And literally, I think he's just playing one chord the whole time. Yeah. Right, Judah? Sabotage is just like, <laughs> what, F sharp the whole time? I remember when they performed uh, at uh, MTV Music Awards. Oh yeah. yeah, well he was awesome on the bass. Yeah, um, I I miss the Beastie Boys, man. Oh yeah, it's a shame what happened, you know. Uh, well, going back to what we were saying before, like uh, I know that they were very adamant too that like they weren't going to perform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, no, no, no. Uh, Beastie Boys weren't going to perform as a band, even though when they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that like they weren't a band anymore. Yeah. So they're like, we're not going to perform because we can't. So yeah, it's, it makes sense, you know. And it, it's I don't know. It's appropriate, you know. Some bands see it differently, obviously, yeah. but it was so fresh in their minds, too. They had just yeah. lost them. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, back to Pearl Jam real quick. Do you remember uh, the first music video uh, when they broke their streak where they are like, all right, we're going to be making videos again, which yeah. one it was? Do the Evolution. I love that video, man. <laughs> again, it. it was a mini movie. Yeah, but it was Todd yeah. McFarland that yep. was doing it. And at yeah. the time, I was a huge Spider-Man guy, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is a Pearl Jam video that's animated? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is F-sharp the whole time. Brett Man knows it is. And I remember seeing him on. I remember seeing him on uh, Labor Letterman, just thinking like, "Man, it's just one chord." Yeah. <laughs> the whole time, but the bass changes. It's got that cool like little groove in it. But kudos to Spike Jones too for doing his thing. I mean, he's got so many great things that he did. What was the one song that he did? Um, uh, Christopher Walken is the sole star, and it's just him dancing the whole time. Oh, you guys um, know. Missy Elliott videos. What's up, Matt? How you doing, man? Um, Matt from Tiny Vices. Uh, Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? Yes. You know what I'm talking about, just, Judah? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the song. Um, 
This, uh, where it's with the hook is like uh, oh, it's I know. Block, it's, rock and beats. It's Fat Boy Slim. No, Fat, oh, it's Fat Boy Slim. Block, rock and beats is the Chemical Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. which See, I just started I'm listening to again recently. Um, weapon of choice. Cheryl says weapon of choice. Says weapon of choice. Two votes for it. Is it what? Oh, Fat Boy, Fat Boy Slim. Slim. Weapon of choice. Yeah, okay, okay yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, there you go. I love that song though. It's cool. Yeah. My mom ran into Christopher Walken um, in New York. Um, they went up there to see the Christmas tree once, and uh, apparently he was like right behind them on the escalator. And Christopher Christopher Walken caught my mom talking shit about Christopher about Walken. Christopher Walken, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like which is funny. Uh, you know, Brett Man, to say? be honest too, you know what, Brett Man's talking about Moby. <laughs> I love, I sh- you know how you've been doing the extended play thing with your CDs, yeah, yeah, which I yeah. think is awesome, by the way? Yeah, thanks. I really want to pay homage to Play, Moby's album. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a great, It's I think it's 10 tracks, but like all the songs. Porcelain, I love that song, man. It was in the beach. I heard they're trying to remake the beach, dude. The Leonardo really? DiCaprio movie? DiCaprio? Yeah. Or make it uh, into a TV show, which would be odd. I could see them. I could see them doing a TV show because there's enough content that you could spread that out. Because mm-hmm. the whole premise was that they were on the island way before Leo got there, having yeah. this whole utopia, and then he comes along and kind of fucks it up because he, you know, messes it up with the cartel. The beach the was people. lost before Lost was lost. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a great analogy. Yeah, Judith. Um, um, before we switch over to another guest, share with us your favorite memory <coughs> of a '90s MTV Music Awards performance. Which one stands out Ooh, to you? That's a good question. Mm, let's see. They all sort of run together. I don't. They all sort of run together. Tick tock. Um, tick. Did the Black Crows do one? Yes, they did. I believe so. Yeah, I remember seeing him with the the tambourine. Yeah. What do you mean that he he sings it just di- like a different version of it altogether? Yeah, he just well, sort of like like the choruses he'll riff on. It. It's just he's got such like a like I I think. Oh uh, yeah, they did remedy in '92 or '93. Cheryl said Cheryl's on point. She knows all these facts. Yeah. There's certain people with like voices that you can't like really imitate like note for note, and I think he's he's one of them for me. Like for Chris Robinson, he's got like this the weird his inflections and. and What's up with the brother? Are they are they still together, Judah? Are the they, they yeah they break no, up? The crows, the crows are not. They're disbanded. But he's actually coming in with another band, April eighteenth, called the uh, Chris Rob. No, what are they called? Um, but they're doing all Black Crows hits. Um, and I think he's just kind of making doing that so they can. He's it's a short tour, so they're, they're kind of playing these shows. Then he's gonna go back to his his solo project, the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, which a lot of those band members he's currently touring with are from. So you know, it's Shake Your Money Maker. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about how other bands go the other route there, like Stuntable Pilots or yeah. Stuntable Pilots, but at least right. I think the, the, the I respect that. I respect that more of him doing that. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, you're gonna play the material that you wrote. Like, he'll, you you would expect him to play Black Crow stuff, even though he tours yeah. under a different name. And I and I get that. Like, do that. Like, you're gonna be a different. You're going to be a different animal as a group than, you know, call yourself something else. And I, I would expect them to play stuff that he wrote with another band. Totally. Like like um, someone else mentioned it too. Like another super group was Velvet Revolver. And they played they did. Guns N' Roses stuff and they played Stone Temple Pilots stuff when they toured together as a band. But they also played their original stuff because they were a different entity. They, you yeah. know what I mean? 
And they, they their their music though stood on its own though. Oh, absolutely. Doubt, but uh, <clears throat> absolutely. I do remember seeing them like do like um, uh, like stuff off Appetite, and then like them do sex type thing, and just being like, oh okay, yeah, yeah it works. Yeah, they made it work for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Judah, thanks for being our first guest. Of course, Judah. Anytime, join us here in the Lulu Lounge. Anytime to share your thoughts and ideas. Let's see. I want right, to see Judah. If, uh, Judah, have a pleasant hey, evening. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about uh, several other things coming up here. Let's see if we can get... Yeah, Cheryl's right on point. She's like, uh, yeah, the watch is, you know, it's his grandfather's watch. And, you know... He, 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 he was afraid that the you know the goose was gonna get the hands on it, so he hid the watch in you know the only place he knew he could hide it, which was up his ass, you know. And you know he had the watch <laughs> yeah, up his that's ass. A great, it's a great four story. Years, and then he got a dysentery. Yeah, um, I'm trying to add right now. I, Facebook is so weird, probably because they're in cahoots with Ivan Drago's family, um, <laughs> but I can't get people to come in on their own, which is odd. I'm not really sure, but you know it's just the way it is. But I mean. <clears throat> My walking's not really on point, though. We, we could just talk about the 90s, like, you know, like the whole well, time. Yeah, All right, mean, my, my favorite, so I'm going to steal old. it from you, okay? <laughs> I'm going to steal it. Steal it what? Okay. My favorite MTV music performance okay. is Pearl Jam uh-huh. doing Animal. Yeah. Now, the album hadn't come out yet, so yeah. we had no clue what the music yeah. was or whatever, yeah. and I remember being blown away by that song. Yeah. I even, I, I'm not sure if it's that performance, but um, it meant, like, destroys his bass. Mm-hmm. He smashes it yep. in a television, I think, yeah, of all yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? It's not I rage. believe so, yeah. No, no. Um, uh, yeah, I remember them playing uh, playing it. It was back when uh, the first couple presses, it was right after, right before it came out, and it was called Five Against One, and then they later named yeah. it Versus. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know. One that one that kind of stands out for me was um, Eminem, right? Yeah. Uh, the Real Slim Shady. And I forgot about down, that. He comes down, right? And he, like, comes from outside. He walks all the way down. He's just got, like... All the M's. A thousand, you know, people, mm-hmm. look, you know, dudes with bleach blonde yeah. hair just looking right at, like him. And there was a line in the in the, in the the song where he's talking about, like, you know, um, Britney Spears, you know, I'm sitting next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst. And he had, like, a riff with Fred Durst at the time. And and he totally, like, flips off Fred Durst. And, and the line of the song is, like, little bitch. And he kind of flips off Fred Durst. And yeah. the thing, it was so perfectly timed in such a way <laughs> uh, that uh, only Eminem could do it. And you can see Fred Durst kind of get played in the back. Like, yeah. yeah, my name just got mentioned, but you just gave me the finger at the same time. Like, oh, shit. Like, Dude, he, Fred, I just got clowned Fred Durst on live totally, TV. He walked into pop culture, like, you know, at the right time. Like, he was – he had Christina Aguilera. He had uh-huh. Eminem. Yeah. He was blamed for the um, the riots. Um Break some, break something tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, performance. Yeah, I mean he. Uh, that was the last concert too. By the way, they didn't have the dividers down the middle. After that concert, they're like, yeah. we need to separate this crowd, right? Because they, the Chili Peppers went on that night and they lit the whole place on fire. Yeah, and they were like, oh no, that's we're done with this. You Listen, know, like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I I wasn't a fan when Three Dollar Bill came out. I was because it was a different time in music too, where music was changing a bit. And I and I did uh, you know I did have that album and I did I did listen to it a lot. I did like it. Their second album. Uh, uh, was it Life Cycle or Breaks Break Some Shit? Or I forget the second album was called. I wasn't was too much that. of a fan of that. It was starting to fall off. But the first one was just very. It was different. It was unique. I like and I liked it. And I did like I did like Limp Bizkit for. A I, of I time, did too. Right? I had so the album. I was in there, right? What was the album that was like the most? It was um, 
chocolate starfish and the hot dog oh, flavored, flavored water, water right yeah that was like i oh. think that that album sold like a million units in its first week and i think at yeah. the time on trl which by the way they tried to reboot unsuccessfully they had it back it. i didn't even see, I get a chance it. to see I uh, it. Uh, yeah. in, like an episode but um that album was huge man limp biscuit was everywhere do you think a limp biscuit today would work uh, I was reading a, thi- a thing about him. It still Are does. They, they're still, they're yeah. still a band. Yeah, they don't have Wes Boylan as their guitar player oh, well, anymore. That's, that's, but that's me is like the most important part. They're still a band. Yeah, yeah, they still play. They play very small shows, very small venues. So but who's their guitar player? I, I, I didn't read that part of it. They just said that Wes Boylan know, was still like, I love on. those outfits, man. I thought yeah. that, that was like, it was such a great like macabre type thing to like yeah. throw in like a Alice Cooper type element to uh-huh. a band like that. Yeah. It was like trying to be... Street, I guess yes. you know, but I it was such an odd thing, you know. Yeah. What I mean, like, um, still having difficulty connecting with folks. Yeah, I don't. So I mean, they are still they are still out there doing it. Yeah, but, Judas uh, right. See what James James <laughs> said. He's, he's responsible for stained. Yes, he is responsible for stained. Now listen here. Yo, so is that okay, how you say? so again, stained. Uh, yeah. Their first album fucking kicked ass, right? Yeah. Um, they uh, they were amazing. There was another band that I was like, all right, I'm ready for this. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Lewis went off in this whole, like, I'm going to be this radio country guy, and it just completely went in this other direction. And maybe that's who he always was, but from the first album to now, like, and I get it, artists, you know, uh, evolve as they go on, but to me it was like, who... I kind of felt like false pretenses with that because I, I got... I, I fell in love with Stained in a way where their first album had a lot of balls and was just, like, uh, a lot of angst. And then somewhere along the line, they were like, yeah, we're going to, like, really... Like, because there's that period of time usually when artists go through with, like, hey, we're going to slow slow it down and, like, this is where you get a beer and, like, hug a girl yeah. and bring a ring close. And that happens, right? Mm-hmm. That's just part of the evolution of a, of a band and how they, how they go. But this was like, yeah, we're going to slow it down for... The next twenty years, and it was like, wait a minute, what happened to Stained? Like I remember seeing them live. He still at, performs that song, doesn't he? Just go to the like, casinos and play that for like a half hour. I don't know. I don't know. He's in the lounge, just like what's this, <laughs> what, what's the song called again? Um, I don't know. So wait, Fred, didn't Fred Durst actually cover it first? Well, no, he Fred, Fred Durst. Uh, well, he was the one that brought them in. He signed them, uh, I guess, to the whatever label he had. But, so he was the one who kind of discovered them. And Puddle of Mud was another one that I think Fred Durst brought on too. Puddle of Mud was another band. Puddle of Mud, man. That guy lost it completely. What's his name? What, or, yeah, I don't uh, even what's know. What's his name? Uh, he, he went nuts, man. Like, just completely crazy. Um, Kevin Quinn is watching. <laughs> <He's> on <laughs> the camera. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm watching it. I'm in here. Oh, okay, Brett, we're trying to add you right now. Yes. I'm sending a request. Mud, yeah, Mud Shovel to Been A While. Yeah, Brett's got it. Yeah. I mean, Mud Shovel He's was... That whole else. album was just crazy. And I remember seeing them live uh, I think it was um, it might have been like um, the YSP barbecue or whatever uh, celebration show or some shit I remember seeing STP play there and Third Eye Blind and um, Audio Slave and um, I love Audio Slave uh, God and uh, and Stained and Stained was playing earlier in the day like it was crazy it was crazy the, the lineup of that show because Stain was like it was still light out, and Stain was playing. But they were like they play like it, it was at the time where um, you know been a while, and 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 that song was out, and that was like all oh it was like, oh been a while. I want to hear that song. I want to hear the yeah. radio hit. And they did play that, but it was like uh, they just tore through their first album, and it was like everybody's like wait this is Stained, and it was like it was so hard, mm-hmm. and they were like people were kind of blown away. Like I don't 
I don't know who this band is. And I was like, and I was loving it. I'm like, this is this is really what this I is wanted the real to see. Stuff. Yeah, okay, this is exactly yeah. what I wanted to see. And it, and it was it was a good show. There was something I guess a year ago I saw in Jackson from MMR was talking about um, what's the band that everybody gets throw shade to? Oh, Nickelback. And they, Nickelback did a cover of Metallica and like blew like really? it was amazing. Yeah, it was a great cover and like Nickelback. I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, like a radio yeah. hit is a radio hit. It's the one thing that everybody knows. And I can't imagine what it's like to have one song that is. It's the only thing people have come to see you for. Yeah, it's like it's like someone coming over for dinner and be like, "When is he going to serve the, the cheesecake? The cheesecake." <laughs> Forget this, uh, forget this platter, okay? I do not want this chicken. I, I mean, I, I I always go back into my mind when I saw John Paul Jones from Zeppelin, and he was playing all of this like amazing, like intricate, like just diminished chord, like craziness. He built his own instrument, and like it was crickets like after every song, and he's just like finally like you you want to hear the immigrant song? <laughs> you do. All right, here we go, boys, hit it, you know. And like it, it's got to be hard, you know what I mean? Like um, one hit wonders. Puddle of cheesesteak. Matt, we're trying to add you guys. <laughs> Brett and Matt trying to add you in the video chat. We're having technical possibilities. It's all good. It's Thursday night. We're here in the Lulu Lounge with Kevin Quinn recording episode 156 of the Bobcast. <coughs> one of the one of the <clears throat> bands that I love, I'm sure you do as well, because uh, we, we had a very similar taste growing up in music, was, uh, was I guess, considered a one-hit wonder. But in my mind, they had so much more of a catalog was the Toadies, right? Toadies. And Possum Kingdom Toadies. was there. Was their radio song right? Or I came from the I come from the water was another one that. But most people know them for you know just Possum Kingdom. Yet there was so much more to, to that band. Um, you know, uh, but you're right. It's like you go to shows and you see all these people there, and they're they're there just to hear the you know the one song that they know that they've heard a million times. It's like just to hear it live. And then and then you and then you're like, yeah, you know what? You do enjoy that show as a uh, as a participant as well. But you can't even hear because everybody fucking sings over top of it, and you're like can't hear anything anymore it's like uh, you know i don't know i just sound old and curmudgeon-y now right like i don't want to go out good. and socialize with people <laughs> it's good it's good uh, yeah tyler's a great song judah i mean i know yeah i mean uh, I, I think I, I mean like part of my son's name goes back to that song I mean, it's the mm-hmm. first song that we ever first cover song that you and i ever played together yep. in a band yep. you know which was just like yeah i mean plus the song it just has <coughs> like i don't know like i guess every generation you know Kind of feels that way. Um, I don't know why I can't get this. I don't know. Can we get Sammy? Can we get Sammy in? Sam's back to work. Sammy's back at work. Well, we gotta. uh, So Sammy talked about uh, wanted us to talk about zombies. So we gotta we gotta mention um, this past week's uh, Walking Dead episode. If you haven't seen it, you know, listen. You listen. I mean, there's just gonna be some spoilers at this point. Um, What what was your what was your uh, you know Bobcast Richter Uh, scale on this week's episode? What was your number? I sent you mine. I, I know. Back I, sent, from I, you. Didn't, I didn't send it to you because I didn't yeah. want to. I didn't, so you, know. you didn't want to. All right. Let, let's just get this out of the way, okay? Because this go is ahead. how it's going to go. Because at the end of the year, we're going to give a full synopsis breakdown. breakdown about how this is going for me. Season 8B. Oh, man. Okay. So, first 10 minutes are awesome. First 10 minutes, I'm okay. like, this is great. Yeah. Finally, they're moving things along. Mm-hmm. But then, it, you know what happened? This is the part that lost me, man. It's like, Norman Reedus, your favorite character. Rocky no, no, no. It's not my I'm favorite just saying, character. Rocky Balboa. You said Daryl Dixon okay. or Rocky. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like Daryl too, but I mean Daryl has been he he he's been like diminished to just riding on a motorcycle with an Uzi, shooting up things, and then just that's all he does, man. He has no yeah. story except for when he yelled at um Tara at the end of the yeah. 
And it's just like, and, and you know what drove me nuts too about that, Kev? Is like they can't even give me a tight shot on him. Yeah. Is his acting that poor that you can't give me a tight shot of him yelling? <laughs> like, what's going on? Why Why is he wearing the same thing for two years? <laughs> He's wearing the same shirt for two years, man. I know it's the apocalypse and stuff like that, but change your shirt, bro. Yeah. And you know, like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm drawing, it's drawing on my patience, but I am loving reading the book finally. Yeah. To me, it's like rediscovering yeah. the world again. Yeah. But I mean, like, the show's is very frustrating because it never gets to the point. It never... You know what I mean? Like in all the best parts. So the one thing you said to me was like it would have been a great episode. No Negan. When Negan, I, yeah. I love last week's. Yeah. And like it's such an odd thing because it's like, what's Brett saying here? Less writing when he's not as active. It is true. Yeah. I mean, less <laughs> writing. <laughs> all he does is ride the bike, man. Just like yell at people and say, "Yeah." But I mean, like, yeah. <clears throat> when's the last time we've had a really good Daryl story? The last time I can remember is when he went back to his um, trailer. And sat in the chair and told everybody about the spit bucket and like, you know what I mean like he just doesn't have anything going on. No, I mean when he was the mon- or in the the room with uh, last year with the song playing over and over again, you love so much. <laughs> oh, Easy Street! You hated that song so much. Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it. I downloaded it, man. Yeah, I, I have it. It's my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> it's in right now. Yeah. Somebody call Kev right now on the live podcast. No, my phone ringer's turned off. And <laughs> says, be back, gotta change my shirt. <laughs> For two years, he's been wearing that blue shirt. Um, Brett, what do you think, man? Chime in there. I imagine you're in the woods somewhere. You can't really uh, do the live video. I was waiting but for I mean, Sammy to say something, or he went back to work. I think he did. I can't yeah. wait. It's, uh, Sammy, you still there? I don't think so. Come on, you sweet, sweet boy. But look, I'm optimistic. I think that, I mean, I'm going to start watching Fear the Walking Dead. You know what I mean? Like, Thank you. You know, I'm going to get into it. My brother's been trying to push me into it. Says it really. I have been too. I, I heard that season what, four is a really yeah. Really they're starting up. season. I mean, I, I dropped April off. 15th. I dropped out when um, they left the um, the reservation down there, and uh, um, Kim Kim's character has to say goodbye to her son. He's like, "That's it. I'm done." And he covers himself in blood. And like, I just didn't buy it. That was season one. Still, I like the I kid though. What's his name in the show? The kid with the dreadlock hair. Kid with the dreadlock hair. The, the Fear of the Walking Dead's main character. Oh, well, there's a few. Uh, with the uh, long hair. Um, you are in the boondocks, I know. <laughs> I um, love that remake, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was great. Um, uh, Nick. The character's name's Nick. I don't yeah, know what his, his new real name is. Nick also reminds me of the dude from Here and Now. Did you start watching Here and Now yet? No. Gotta get into it, man. <laughs> I have nobody to I'll talk get into to. that if you get into Fear. Well, All right, talk about deal, deal. Right. On the live podcast, we've, we've made a pop culture deal. Um, we can tell how I, we, I can tell right now from watching our viewer <laughs> decline. Who's people don't watch Walking, Walking Dead, Dead and not watch? So here's Walking the thing. Dead. Okay, so I really did like this episode. That's a great book. This, I read that one this past week. Um, I gave it a nine point five, except for the fact that it didn't have Negan. It would have been a ten if it had Negan. Negan's for me. great, dude. Uh, it, it, I I've really liked the way that they wrote out. There was uh, strategy with the attack, um, that, or the defense, I guess the uh, mm-hmm. defense that the um, the hilltop put up against the saviors. Um, we had some live zombie action stuff that you know took over uh, right away. It you're not there yet, but it drew directly from the comics too. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of the. Um, Strategy that the saviors took uh, in their attack yeah, well, came directly I, from the source material. Okay. So that's so from the book. I, so is there going to be a payoff for that? Because I'm really getting a. Did they explain it in this episode? Because I, I don't understand if that. No, it was the tainting of their weapons to not kill them, but to turn them, to use the. To, so they almost. But doesn't that happen when they cover themselves in guts? 
If you're tuning uh, in right now, we're way. talking about The Walking Dead. We're not talking about some yeah. morbidly continue obese to watch the show. thing. <laughs> Nigga, is the only reason I continue to watch the show. The Stormtrooper <laughs> shooting is driving me insane. <laughs> no, so, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm excited for Fear, right? Mm-hmm. Not just because of the Morgan crossover, but... The show picked up. The show picked up yeah. so much more. You know, and it I, seems I like they're cutting all the people out. The chick from Lost is in it. Well, they're bringing new characters in too. Yeah. Like they're just, you know, because they're at a point where they're traveling, right? They're, there's a there's a group of people, and they've gone from place to place, like you would, and they've introduced and they've some characters. People. Yeah, and they they have lost people. But it's funny too. I was I was looking it up earlier because I'm like, I know. So Garrett Dillahunt is in the preview. Uh, for this coming season of Fear, he was uh, he was a uh, an actor that was on uh, Deadwood uh, HBO show. I never watched that. Should I watch it? it was, yeah, it was really good. I, 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 I've been reading that they're trying to like make a movie of that for like the longest time. I, Can you make a movie from it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I love a western that's good. I mean, Tombstone. Well, the I love seri- Tombstone. the series you like is Tombstone. Uh, yeah. I mean, What's your favorite western then? Uh, I'm not a big western guy. Yeah, why? Because you can't get down with the hats. Nah, because it's just. To me, some of it is just—I don't know. It just—it just goes too far off. Uh, like, is this? Could this really happen? Like, come on. And I get—I know so? that that sounds weird because I like sci-fi stuff, but I'm just not a fan of westerns. Like, it just doesn't translate to me for me. Um, but you know, there's uh, Kim Dickens, uh, who was in *Fear the Walking Dead*, was also in *Deadwood*. Um, there was another actor—I can't remember the, his name off the top of my head. Uh, off, off the top of my head. Uh, who was in um, Deadwood, who also was in the last season of Fear the Walking Dead, only for that season. Um, and then Garrett Dillahunt uh, is going to be in this next coming uh, season of Fear, just from what I can tell from the trailer. Uh, and then you have the the crossover episode. Or so, so what it appears now is that, so my theory was wrong. I thought it was going to be the timeline between where we see Morgan in season three and clear to before he meets up with the group in Alexandria. That's when he meets up with the Fear crew, but it actually looks like he meets up with the Fear Crew after he leaves the Walking Dead show. So Silverado. they're making it seem as though he's leaving completely off that show. You think so? And going to Fear. Yeah, that's the way it, that it appears. Has there ever been a case um, where a character dies on a show and then appears in another show? I don't think so, right? Like, um, it's never happened, really. I don't think. I mean, uh, I'm sure we could find it somewhere. Okay, Google. We don't have Google down here. It could be your connection. Or it could be Facebook and the Russia probe. We don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, I did watch the review um, last week. The audio does kind of go in and out, but that's cool because we're recording a podcast. You can check out the audio format, uh-huh. Uh This is episode 156. Been doing it for 156 times. Took almost like four years. Uh, I want to talk about Stranger Things 3. Did you read about that? No, I didn't. Tell me. So they're about to gear up to start recording it. Um, They hired a bunch of new people again. Some of the old folks are coming back. I mean, obviously everyone's coming back. But now that, like, there's Sam. Sam, see if you can add us on the video thing to talk about Stranger Things 3. Sammy, you just Um, missed our... Coaxing your brother to try to talk about Fear the the Walking Dead. He knows. He knows I'm going to start watching it. Um... Correct. I, if you agree with me, please. Uh, it, Fear the Walking Dead, first season wasn't all that great. It picked up in season two. Season three was great, and now I'm excited for season four. I'll tell you this. I'm more excited for season four of Fear the Walking Dead than I am for the current season of The Walking Dead. And why is that? Just you know, the way that the story has kind of fallen off with um, The Walking Dead. I feel like it, you know they're, they're just dragging things on too far. 
uh, at this point, and the the battle between Alexandria and yeah, the Sabres. How taking, long has it been going on for? It's been going on all season. Well, they were under Negan's thumb last last season. They were under uh, Negan's rule for the entire season. For them to like, you know, get know. get the um, get their confidence back to fight back, and then now it's like they're battling. And I knew I, the I called it. I been going knew it's going to go on the entire season because. That's what they do. I mean, you know, and it's not for lack of budget for them to, uh, to um, uh, you know, to do the show. Like, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of viewership fell off for uh, for the show in season two when they spent the entire season on the farm. But that was directly due to budget. Budget and Frank Hammond. And Frank I, was I just read yeah, that Dale, Dale asked to be killed. Yeah, he, he didn't want to be on the he show. He didn't want to be on the show no more. He's like, that's it. Yeah. Get me out of here. What a world we live in when that is possible. That's a possibility, <laughs> right? Like you just be like, all right, I'm out. But yeah, Stranger right, Things three, right? Here's the deal, right? Tell me. Okay, in hindsight, now that it's been a couple months since I've watched it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, first off, I love episode two. That Halloween episode really brings things together. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, I love that. Um, just that whole vibe. But as far as the story goes, like <clears throat> the story, it just. I don't know how to describe it, man. It's just like, it's the same thing, retread again. He's possessed, you know what I mean? And here we go again. Like, I would, it, it's a great opportunity to, um, to change the story and, like, mm-hmm. make it something fresh and new. Being that Stranger Things is kind of like a trilogy type, like, the, the seasons feel like movies to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, most sequels do suck. A third part, or excuse me, the second sequel, like, part three, um... Off the top of my head, I mean, like, Rocky is all right, but, I mean, like, <laughs> Jurassic Part 3 is pretty much forgettable. Um, what about you? You got any th- oh, third parts? Mo- uh, not trilogies, but movies in a lineage? Well, yeah, it could be, yeah, it could be a lineage. Uh, yeah, because there, I mean, Lethal Weapon 3 uh, was when, uh, or no, they introduced Joe Pesci's character in, in the Two. second one. Yeah, yeah. great movie I poster, think, by I the way. I think 3 was actually good for... Uh, was they should have ended it at three. They should have kept it at Lethal Weapon one, two, three, and that was it. But and then they, they did they, do four. They do right? it on Apparently, four. Apparently, yeah, there's it was a TV terrible. show about it too. Like, yes, yes. And they want to um, do five because Mel Gibson's just it's like, please, just terrible. I heard um, that Mel Gibson's making the um, the sequel to The Passion of the Christ. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's not a joke, man. So like, the deal is that he, I mean, first off, it's he made the movie for what 25 million dollars. It made 600 billion or he, the most expensive. Like, like he he's an independent producer who put twenty five million in to make six hundred million. Church congregations are renting out movie theaters nationwide to watch this, and it's a brutal film. I haven't yeah. seen it in a while, but I I watched it maybe a few years ago. I was like, oh my god, this is this is terrible. And yeah. like you know, like it's it's a brutal um, like crucifixion scene without doubt. But he wants to make a sequel with Jim um, Caviezel, I think his name is, yeah, um, coming back as Jesus. But it's about. When Jesus, and this is appropriate, right, to end the show, yeah. the, the resurrection. Timely, timely. It's called the resurrection. So it's like it's the three days. Um, so he gets crucified, dies, and then apparently he um, goes down. First off, he, go, he goes to the hell. Yeah. Uh, say what's up to the devil. Say what's up. You know, goes through the seven seals. Jesus was the first walker. <laughs> That's what they say. But then he rises up. I think he says what's up to his dad. And he's like, right, I'm going to go back. And then we'll freak everybody out by the rock. It sounds like an animated movie. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently there's going to be CGI, CGI, <laughs> CGI in it because, I mean, he's going to be talking to demons and stuff like that. And plus, I mean, like, I guess I guess there'll be a lot of people who go see it, you know? But I remember, like, when I first learned about it back in the day, I'd seen a behind-the-scene picture 
of Mel Gibson directing Jim, and Jim's just covered in blood. blood. And I was just yeah. like, oh my god, is this a horror movie or is yeah. this? But you know, Happy Easter. <laughs> you know, it is what it is, really. But watch for that film because yeah, Mad Max, totally without a doubt. I would say that Thor. Uh, Ragnarok was awesome as a third installment of a film, which will probably will make a, a th- uh, another Thor, I'm sure. No, I, I heard he's done. You're done? He's no, done? no, I heard he's done. Well, He lost an eye. Uh, spoilers. Uh-oh. Spoilers, whatever. But He uh, lost an eye. He did. He's only got one more left. Well, yeah, I mean, he lost it. If you didn't see the most recent Avengers, I mean, come on, but... Uh, or the most recent Thor movie, but... Uh, I, I thought Iron Man three was better than Iron Man two. <laughs> Iron Man three was good. <clears throat> Iron Man two is like trap. It's so bad. Yeah, man. Mickey Rourke made all sorts of w- weird requests that I read about. Like during the production of the film, he he wanted to. He was the one that insisted on having that bird on his shoulder. <laughs> that bird was not in the script. Um, and also, like they had to bring in a PA system for him exclusively because he wanted to have his own music played to gear him up before he um, stepped on set. His, his head got too big because he, he came off the wrestler and it was such well, a huge yeah. comeback for him. Well, apparently his head's so big that he can't put earplugs in like everybody else. He yeah. needs a PA. But I, I like the wrestler. Oh, it was a great movie. My favorite scene is when he's like, you want some cheese, lady? You want some cheese? And it gets all over his face. Oh, man. Uh, We're having a great time. The third man mess. Oh, wait, wait. There's yeah. r- see if we can get an appropriate guest to end with. See if we can bring him on. Drew, we're sending you a request right now. See if you can add us. Um, yeah, so that I mean, that's uh, I, I didn't uh, I didn't hear anything about that. Uh, them trying to do another prequel to um, it's bizarre. Mel Gibson's it? crazy. It's just like they can't stop. It's funny how we segue from topic to topic too. We're talking about *Lethal Weapon*, and then we went right into talking about Mel Gibson oh, and Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and Jesus. And it's it's very timely because it's Easter. How are you going to celebrate Easter? Uh, family going to uh, Liz's grandmom's house and then going to my mom's house afterwards. That's cool. So, you doing like any Easter egg hunts or anything like that? Uh, my mom will have a hunt going on at her house. Uh, for the for the kids, you know, uh, my cousin's kids and uh, you know, but uh, I'm not involved in hiding the eggs or anything. Are you, you know what I think is going on out there? I well, think some people aren't camera ready. They're not ready to go on our show. Yeah, people are sitting good. there and they're it's like good. jams and uh, you know whatever. So uh, I'll, I'll take an opportunity to point out my shirt of the week. This yeah. week was uh, from a very uh, very iconic eighties nineties uh, movie. Excuse 90s, me, yeah. uh, PC Low Letter. It was uh, from the film Office Space when they just lose their shit and uh, great beat up great the, soundtrack. Uh, at that beat point up the copier. Too. What song you know? are they playing when they go out in the field? <clears throat> Uh, I don't know. It's it's. I forget. When the shit uh, goes down. You yeah. better be. Is it that one or is it? Uh, no, that might be. Uh, is it? No, it's. I, I, I don't remember. I'd have to Google it. Or uh, if Cheryl's still on, she might know because it's a '90s reference, and uh, Office came out in the '90s. Um, it could be the phone that messes with the audio. Look at me lounging down there. Well, I yeah. mean, other people. Yeah, it's definitely your phone. But I mean, look, look. If you want to yeah. listen, you could listen to the show. In the format that it's really intended to be, and that's the podcast. The podcast. Um, yeah, for Easter, I'll, I'll end with this thought. There's a bunch of things on this list I didn't get to, but um, whatever. I'm, I mean, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old. I'm currently trying to be... I'm trying to figure a way to spin the mythology of both Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny existing within this plane of existence that Santa can come bring gifts, but then comes spring, a giant bunny... Hops along the way and delivers chocolates to the kids <laughs> who celebrate the return of Jesus. 
<laughs> it's hard. It's a hard story to spin. I think for me personally, the Easter Bunny kind of, um, you know, did some damage with Santa. <laughs> you know, and I wish there was like a, a, like a book for that. I, I'm thinking about actually writing a book for parents. Like, how do you explain, like, you know, it's like, yeah. and you also got the tooth fairy up in there too. You know what I mean? She's flying in through the window, putting in fives, or if your parents are cheap dollars or quarters, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Quarters. Uh, like, I guess in the future, like, it'll be bitcoins, right? Like, I'll be yeah. putting, like, like no, they'll bitcoins. Just, they'll <laughs> they'll just go like, to your kid's phone and just swipe their card. Well, forget it. But there won't be no phones then. I'll just yeah, go, they'll like, Venmo it. Like, right in there. Yeah, like, whatever insert it, it. But, um, yeah, a um, couple things to plug before we end the show this week. Um, once again, thanks for uh, inviting me into your house, into the, the, the Lulu Lounge. These products um, that I'm sitting at, here looking at, um, there's an event this week. Yeah, uh, Liz is doing a LuLaRoe event uh, in Oaks at the um, uh, Philadelphia Outlets uh, from 9 a.m., I believe, till 9 p.m. Uh, this Saturday. Uh, if you are looking for some Easter outfits or just everyday outfits, LuLaRoe uh, clothing lines, if there's any women that are out there, uh, or any men who are like, uh, my, life, my wife likes Lula, but I don't really know what to get her. Look at this quality <laughs> material right here, okay? Uh, you come, don't see colors like this on the street. <laughs> come check her out. Uh, Liz Quinn, LuLaRoe uh, is her uh, page as well. Thanks for the plug. You're welcome. Uh, a couple things to check out. Um, the end of the month, this uh, this just in, um, Pocket Dial will be playing the Trocadero Theater on April the 29th in support of P. Ruse, our friend's new film, Control-Alt-Delete. Um, definitely check out the Judah Kim CD release party. That's going to be in May, May the 19th. Also, uh, Top of the World 7, back at Whole Foods, June the 9th, 2018. And that's about it for this week. Happy blocka, Easter. Blocka, blocka. Make sure you paint your eggs. Make sure you eat copious amounts of chocolate and hate yourself in the morning. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. <laughs>